Okay, it is here. We have finally made it. Killstreak, episode 69, babies! Our official one-year anniversary celebration. Congratulations, Mike Price, we did it. Congratulations, Eric. I forgot this was episode 69. I planned nothing. Yeah, I know. Me too. I was thinking about it. Uh, oh, full disclosure, shit. a peek behind the curtain as to what's going on here. <laughs> uh, we're recording on a day that we don't normally because mm-hmm. Mike, once again, has to leave town Yeah, uh, as if he committed some crime and needs to run from the police is my working theory. Uh, so we didn't have time to do a lot of things. Um, first and foremost, <laughs> prepare for episode 69, That's the right. Double Your Pleasure gonna, episode. This is going to be our big... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I it's not the double your pleasure episode. It's the reduce your pleasure by 25%, but <laughs> both people receive some pleasure at the same time. Episode. At the same time. Yeah. That's a good call. That's yeah. a good call. Secondly, we got to say uh if you haven't watched Murder Clinic yet, <laughs> hey, you got another week because yeah. we haven't either. <laughs> yeah, we ran out of time, but it will happen next episode, episode 70. We will get yep. there. Yep. We'll watch uh if you don't know, if this is your first time joining us, we picked a movie at random out of John Stanley's Creature Features, and uh, it happened to be Murder Clinic, a an Italian giallo movie from the 60s. So we'll watch that and give our thoughts in the final segment of next mm. week's episode. Yeah. Hey, and if you're listening to this, go check out our bonus episode That's from last right. week. We have a uh, live commentary episode of uh, Stuart Gordon's H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. <laughs> Empire yeah. Pictures, Stuart Gordon's H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. <laughs> Tyler Perry's H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. Live commentary precious, I mean, a novel by Precious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we have a special guest, Whitney Moore, uh, who uh, is a wonderful host and actor. Um, you may know her from... Uh, was that the House Harker movie she did? This vampire movie that came out, yeah, uh, and also Birdemic films, yeah, are. and another Yeti, and another Yeti, a love story, life on the street. Don't sell yourself short. You're right. I always, I always forget to include it. Even though do you I forget love or do you deliberately omit it because you're ashamed of it? I am not ashamed of that movie. I like that movie. That's uh, yeah. I, I'm ashamed of its association with the first movie, <laughs> which is like. You know, it's like I wish it was which its own you also made, thing, which I also made. But it was a we made that movie during uh, a different time, and we uh, thought we were doing some grand satire. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Turns out we were not very good at what we were doing. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, it, uh, it connected with some people. It did, yeah, it did. We got a sequel out of it. Yeah, self funded from Kickstarter. <laughs> hey, people paid money for that movie to happen. Yeah, well, enough about me. This week's episode uh, is a pretty big one, I guess, in terms of I horror so. canon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, a, I mean, it's a big series, which that tells you something, right? I mean, a, a, yeah. a, you know, a franchise has to have a certain amount of cachet just to make it this many movies. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll say even, like... The fact that my six-year-old son, who you may... I'm recording upstairs, Mm -hmm. which I normally don't. So you might hear a dog bark, and you might hear my son, a a child, scream out into the night, (laughs) which is appropriate. 
for this it, episode. It should we? Is that going to be a scream of horror or discomfort or exuberance? What's uh, what's going to be motivating well, he's, that? He's been um, very afraid of the dark lately, so okay. it could be all of those things. Gotcha. You know, he he doesn't even want to be in his room alone during the day. It's been pretty bad, but hey, it's fine. He'll get, he'll get over. Okay. Anyway, I, what I was going to say is Chucky. From Child's Play, even my son knows who he is. He's like, yeah. oh, it's Chucky. It's clearly Chucky. Yeah, I mean, Chucky is a an icon. No question yeah. about it. Um, and it's funny, because this is one of those things where the more you learn about this series, it's very interesting, but I think the success or the popularity of Chucky in particular is a little bit of, uh, you know, it's like, a, I don't want to say a happy accident, but it's. It isn't like somebody had this one genius idea and then it was like, yeah. oh man, I can't believe it's it's like it kind of it's a little bit of dumb luck that I think led to this doll being like one of the icons of horror. It's really funny. Um so let's I mean, let's just transition a little bit into our blood and guts check. Well, um, let me ask you this first. Well, I mean, sure. before we do blood and guts check, let's do a quick check in on your history and your relationship with the child's play series oh uh, sure okay yeah that's yeah. um uh so for me i actually came to the first couple child's play movies later mm. i think my first experience with child's play was bride of chucky that that may have wow. been my first one okay um i mean i would i had seen like parts of the other movies um i don't know that i ever sat and watched a full one all the way through until i had seen okay. bride of chucky okay um, but yeah, but going back and watching the first two, I, I, I actually don't know if I've seen three. I'd have to, as we're watching it, I might recall parts and then be like, uh-huh. oh yeah, I did see this, you know, a while ago. Sure. But uh, I don't remember. One and two sort of blend in my head sometimes too. That's um, very fair, I think. And I yeah. mean, they do in mine too. I'm, I say that like, I remember exactly what happens in two. My point is that I don't. <laughs> it's like half combined with one in my head. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What's your history with this? Um, well, they were definitely movies that I saw um, the first three, probably in order, when I was fairly young. Um, let's say, I mean, like towards the beginning of my sort of horror journey, right? Not as early as, I don't know if I famously probably told the story about how I saw Hellbound Hellraiser 2 when I was like eight years old. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like super fucked up. I think we're all lucky that I'm not a a, a murderer. Um, yeah, yeah, we were all lucked out there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I probably saw this one. Um, I, I would guess I was eleven, twelve, something like that. Um, and then you know proceeded to watch the sequels more out of a sense of uh, wanting to be a completist than anything else. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, definitely, I the first one that I saw in the theater was Bride of Chucky, and that was that one that I connected with a lot. And then that yeah. was that one blew my mind. Like it really, yeah. it was my. I also saw it in theaters, and it like really blew me away. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm excited to, to watch that one. I might actually watch the last three uh, before doing notes on them and watch them separately again because i'm excited to watch them and hadn't i haven't seen seed or cult and Mm. i suspect those will be hard to take notes on like i bet a lot of stuff (laughs) happens in that uh cult of chucky is definitely going to be one or 
not cult, but Curse of Chucky. Oh, Curse, yeah, that's... In my mind, that is the one that will be the hardest to take notes on. Okay. Um, But Seed is a little more straightforward, but it's not... It's still... Yeah, and I've never seen... Or I was going to say, I've never seen Seed. Cult is the other one. Like, So I've seen everything but Seed of Chucky, randomly. That's the one missing, which is funny, because it's the one that came right after Bride. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, what was your recollection of... This this movie in particular, the first one, before you sat down to watch it. Yeah, my recollection of this is that it's it's good. It that mm-hmm. it's a solid B tier mm-hmm. horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was going to say that it's funny that Chucky has been this enduring figure in horror mm-hmm. because this movie is pretty small and like mm-hmm. pretty modest in a yeah. lot of ways. Um yeah, so that was my and I, I enjoyed it. So uh, the short way of saying I liked it when I saw it. Didn't gotcha. love it. Didn't yeah. blow me away. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, similar feeling. Like it wasn't. It, it you know it wasn't a movie that I watched and I was like, that's one of my favorite horror movies. It was kind of yeah. like, all right, that was sort of fun. I remember as a kid or you know like a you know adolescent sort of feeling like it was a little slow. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that going into it, I was a little bit apprehensive because I always have and continue to uh, feel like the majority of of young child actors are not great. Um, yeah, for obvious reasons. I'm not like I'm like shitting all over child actors across the world. It's like yeah, it's it's like a five or six year old kid. He's, I don't expect him to be a good actor, and. Uh, that was kind of part of what I remembered was just being like, I actually didn't connect to it as much because of the kid, even though I was pretty young when I saw it the first time. That's funny because I thought the kid's pretty good. Like well, this time around watching it, I'm like, this kid is good. He does some mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. He's very cute. I guess he just remind. he's the same age in the movie, at least, as my own son. So he reminded me a little bit of him. You're a little bit of a uh, so I, Yeah. So I had a yeah. little bit of connection to him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that may have been part of my lack of interest in in checking out Chucky earlier in life. Was that the the premise? I don't know. I guess I was sort of bored by the premise of a little of a horror movie featuring a little kid. Yeah, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's funny because it does make you imagine that it's going to be neutered in some way, almost. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think. I mean, is really the case. I mean, certainly not. No. I think in my recollection as, I mean, as the series goes on also, like, we leave behind, I mean, it's the same child actor in the next movie, so he's obviously a couple years older, and then after that we're into, you know, teen years and then adults, you know, for the most part. I was trying to remember, the the mom is not in part two, right? Is is Um, she? I think she is. Uh, Let me see. okay. I have Catherine Hicks uh, up here, so let's take a quick look. Um... Child's play, child's play. No, you're right. She's not in part two. So there you go. Already making yeah. me look silly. So that's good. <laughs> you're getting a couple of your own knocks in. You know. <laughs> hey, you know who I recognize this person from? <laughs> um, Revenge of the Nerds part three. He played Boulder Dash. Sorry that I, uh, you know, <laughs> like cinema. Okay. <laughs> um. So, blood and guts check. Yeah. Let's get into it. This you time around. I want you to go first. Sure. Uh, I felt pretty similar about my initial assessment. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, which is, 
I like this movie. It's it's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a solid little movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I was like, especially now that I have to take notes on movies, I was like, I appreciate that it is 127 minutes and that it is a very straightforward movie. Oh, you mean 107 like, minutes? How long is it? Sorry, an hour and 27 minutes is what I Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's like you don't get excited about like movies that are longer than two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I saw a special version that had another 60 minutes in it. Um, Yeah, so I I enjoyed watching it this time around. It's like, it's again, did not blow me away. Mm -hmm. The gore is not spectacular, Mm -hmm. but it's like. It, it it's a serious movie in a way, even though it's a very ridiculous premise. Yeah, it's sort of just like a real, quote unquote, real movie. If yeah, it's, it's weird because it almost like it, it feels more like a thriller than a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and and the thing that makes it a horror movie is it's an evil doll. It's not like the way the movie is actually composed and like the way it moves along. Yeah, like if Charles Lee Ray were just a serial killer and not mm-hmm. dead, not reanimated, reanimated into a doll. Yeah, this would be a this would be a straight up thriller. Like, it yeah, would be... absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, uh, I think that it's funny because I felt maybe this is just this is how it'll always be. But it's like I I agree with you, not in your assessment as much as I felt about the same as I did before. Um, which I, I do think it is solid, but I think like solid is the adjective that I would use most readily to talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, that it's like not something that I think of as being, uh, impressive so much as like mission accomplished. They made the movie and it is, (laughs) uh, competent and it works and it starts and it ends, and I don't have any huge <laughs> yeah. complaints, right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, it should, just, instead of the end, it's just like, we did it. <laughs> we made a movie about a killer doll yeah. that's not ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that it drags in parts. So, like, my mem- my recollection of it being slow was confirmed on this go uh-huh. for me at least. So, this is like a good way of telling if a kill streak movie is is kind of slow or boring or is losing my interest is I frequently will stop them and then finish them later. Me too. Uh, me too. Yeah. Because I get to this point where I realize I'm like, I stopped paying attention like five minutes ago. And that's yeah. me doing a disservice to, you know, the podcast. And but it happens because I'm not that interested. And so I did at a certain point around like the one third mark of this movie, like I shut it off and I finished it the next day. That's funny. I did it like two thirds mark. I had 20 minutes left and I was like, it's getting kind of late. Yeah. I think I'm going to check out for now. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing. And that's not to say that I don't think it's bad at all. It's just kind of like, and it's funny because it, you know, I think about this stuff that I like or that can like keep my interest. And I think for the most part, it's lacking a little bit in all of the categories that I would like point to and be like this is a thing that gets me really engaged in a horror movie yeah right so it's like ostensibly supernatural but it's really just kind of a plot device like there isn't it doesn't feed into any of the supernatural element right um this was a movie when it was written by don mancini he talked a lot about being um inspired by things like the exorcist was a movie that he liked a lot um okay 
And I think about the and and that was something with Tom Holland too. It'll come up later. We talk about he he actually took some cues from The Exorcist when he was trying to figure out how to do Chucky's voice. Um, but oh. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But it, it you know that's a movie where it's like okay, The Exorcist works because it like has this deep mythology of like the cool Catholic you know the devil and and all of this stuff and. And, you know, so movies that dabble in the supernatural, I like it when there's a mythology to go into. There's things to discover, right? Um, and this movie, it feels like all of that stuff is just kind of perfunctory. It's just there to... Somebody needed to figure out how to make a killer doll come to life. Yeah, right? yeah. it's Because it is like, it's based on voodoo. Right. But, like, it's just like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. Forget, forget, forget about that. Yeah. yeah kill it all, kill it all. He's, he's in the doll now. Don't worry. It really, I mean, that is how the movie feels, for sure. It's like, Let's not dwell on this. We have accomplished what we needed to, so we are moving on. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and I also think that um, there isn't a lot of... there. There's suspense in like the sort of thriller sense where it's like, where's the doll going to pop out of? Yeah. But there's no mystery to any of it. It's... Yeah, there go, is go a, ahead. Oh, I, I was going to cut you off because I, I was actually thinking a lot about the suspense. I do think it's a pretty suspenseful movie. Yeah. Uh, and... I actually think it's kind of a scary movie, which is which is funny for <laughs> me parts, to say. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. It's a creepy idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think that's definitely true, and I think that like one of the reasons that I think this movie is still one that I think of somewhat fondly is because it does have some high highs, and I think what you're saying, like some of the scariest, most suspenseful parts of the film are like really creepy uh and well done um and you know and and we can talk about a little bit about what everybody contributed to this because i do think it's a well directed movie it's fairly well made yeah yeah um you know what i think might be part of its endurance like how uh why it's endured through the years hmm. it has almost like a stephen king simplicity to the premise you know what i mean yeah killer that's for sure (laughs) killer 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 dog right you know it's like killer doll with grounded characters mm-hmm. like it's it, it is kind of I'm, I'm like i never thought of this until i just said it but it's it is sort of like stephen king and setup. it's like a single mom very grounded very realistic a young boy very realistic a, yeah. you know, a detective um there aren't like crazy characters so to speak in this it's all pretty grounded in reality yeah um which is funny that it gets the series gets so ridiculous, like <laughs> yeah. pretty soon. But I'll say this: uh, knowing what's coming and how I feel, and 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 like what my general feelings have always been about the whole series is, it's like I'm anxiously awaiting that turn. Like, yeah, for me, I get more enjoyment out of these movies once they start to embrace being a little bit more off the wall. Me too. Um, because I think there is like there's also there's kind of like friction, right? It's like a, a, this like mm-hmm. killer doll, quippy killer doll in a movie that feels pretty dry outside of you know those yeah, moments yeah. when he comes alive. Um, yeah, it's funny that he's quippy, and I guess maybe that is just a direct like Nightmare on Elm Street. A hundred percent, yes. Okay, because I, it feels like. At least in uh, its purest form, it should just be a serious doll. <laughs> Not right. just like, hey, you fucking bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is 
unquestionably, uh, Freddy Krueger was a huge inspiration where it's like, okay, this is how we do a horror movie, uh, you know, main, you know, villain is like, he's gonna call people a bitch, a slut. <laughs> a lot of bitches and sluts. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, he's a real hateful guy. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, overall, it's just one of those things where I think there are, this is a good segue into talking about behind the scenes stuff. I think there is a kind of push and pull happening behind the scenes as to what this movie should be and like what the voice should be. And I think when I talk about it being a happy accident, it's like this movie did very well and spawned a whole franchise, but I don't feel like it really found its footing until later on. Um, and I think that is in part because of the fight over the voice of this film. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm curious, what do you know about, uh, like, who do you identify with as the, who do you identify as the creator and, and sort of progenitor of this series? Uh, definitely Don Mancini. And yeah. I had so much so that I forgot he didn't direct this one. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing about that is he, he, if this had been the only movie, right? If this hadn't spun out into a whole series, then I think Don Mancini would be sort of a footnote to this uh-huh. film. Uh-huh. Uh, because he was in college at the time. He was still a film student at UCLA when he wrote this script. Wow. Um, and he sold it. And then he was off the movie for, you know, most of production, most of pre-production, all of production. He came back in very late in post-production. Basically, the way he explains it is the producer, uh, or I should say, like, one of the main producers of the movie, um, who his first name escapes me. His last name is Kirshner, but it's not Irving Kirshner. It's spelled differently. (laughs) It's David Kirshner uh, was the producer of the film. But anyways... Mancini writes it, then they immediately buy it and hand it over to a studio writer to do a full to do two full rewrites, one of which has Tom Holland, the director, working on as well. Mm-hmm. And there was a WGA strike during the shoot, so he was never on set. Mancini never once visited the set of this movie. Really? And yeah, and it sounds like everyone tries to be kind of diplomatic about it, but it sounds like there's no love lost between Tom Holland and Don Mancini. Like they Oh really? There wasn't like a hey, you wrote this, like what do you think about this? It's like they took the script and changed it significantly and he was not part of the process after they bought the script from him. Right. I mean, I guess he's just a young writer yeah. who they can take advantage of. Yeah, more right. or less. I mean, they paid him for the, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah but like cut him out of um, you know, cut them out of deals. I just saw uh, that there's a Chucky TV series coming out. This yeah, year. that would be exciting, except it's coming to sci-fi. So that gives me a lot of. Goals. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Um, if it was coming to like Shudder or something, or Netflix or like stars even, or something. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. be like, fuck yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was really Tom Holland's movie. Um. And when I mentioned Mancini coming back in, essentially what happened was towards the end of post-production when they were doing different cuts of the film, the producer brought Mancini back in to watch it and like give notes on the cut. But that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, he doesn't really become a voice or even, you know, someone who has a whole lot of control in terms of the series until the next movie. Uh, and he doesn't really fully come into his own until... Bride of Chucky, he's an executive producer on, 
and the writer. I mean, he's the writer of every movie in this series, so we should be clear about that, right? Right. He is, he is the consistent authorial voice, but he started directing much later in the series. And these days, if you don't go the route of the remake, but if you look at Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, those are his movies. He's almost like sort of moved into an auteur role at that point right. in the series. Okay. But yeah, Tom Holland, this was his movie. He was co-screenwriter on the last uh, rewrite. He was the director of the film. Uh, sounds like he was a pretty big asshole. <laughs> really? But, yeah. I, and, and there's a lot of... and there's So for anybody who's interested, um, the website Mental Floss about five years ago did an oral history of Child's Play. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of what you know I'm regurgitating here is coming from that. So I definitely want to shout that out. And if you guys want to learn more, you should read it. Um, it's a lot of people basically saying he's a really talented guy. He was good at directing. I won't say anything else about him. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and that is a reputation, I think, that has followed him around a little bit. Um, maybe hey, he, I, he doesn't work that much. No, I think we, we might describe him as prickly based on uh, what I can tell. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy who started out as an actor. He had a career doing that and like continued to. Anybody who's seen the original Stand miniseries, he plays the, a character named Carl. He showed up in a bunch of genre stuff. And, but as a director, I feel like most Killstreak fans are immediately going to think of Fright Night, which was his directorial debut as like yeah. a big feather in his cap, I think. Yeah. Um, but he yeah, also that's definitely what I, I like in my mind. He's mm-hmm. a big time horror director, but I think it's just because of Fright Night. <laughs> that's and Fright Night really and think. this probably. Yeah. 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 This and, and he directed Thinner, which I will Thinner. say is is certainly in the top half of Stephen King adaptations. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. 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 You know, that's not the highest bar to clear, but um, yeah, he's above a 50th percentile at least. Yeah. I always got a kick out of Thinner. He did the Langoliers miniseries. Which I remember being, oh, he directed real cheesy, that? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was like Bronson Pinchot in that movie. Oh really yeah, funny. Bronson Pinchot is like the 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 freaking the guy who's like losing his shit, right? Yeah, he's like obsessive compulsive, which is fun because I have obsessive compulsive <laughs> disorder to see it like uh, on screen as like Bronson Pinchot being a fucking maniac, <laughs> probably portrayed really accurately. I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Holland took over the whole thing. Um, and really, you know, apparently was, oh, and the other thing, uh, before we move on, he also wrote Class of 1984, which I just finished watching today, so. Oh, really? Oh, did you watch the Joe Bob? I did, I did. It took me, like, three weeks to get through all of it, but. (laughs) I like that movie a lot, and that was one that, like, I was deciding on what to watch, and then it came on Last Drive-In, like, right at the perfect time. I was like, fuck yeah, this is what I'm watching. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely got a kick out of it, um. But yeah, so anyways, uh, Tom Holland, by everyone's account, like a pretty talented director. Um, and I think it comes through that you can see that he he knows how to make a movie. Um, it's funny because there's a lot of parallels to Jaws people talk about with this movie in two in two respects. Oh. One is and they're and they're interrelated, right? It's so it's it's this they went down a similar road, which is the the Chucky effects were a huge pain in the ass. Okay. Um, they didn't work a lot of the time, and but but more so, like what the big issue was is that doing things that seem like they would be very simple were incredibly complicated. Okay, 
So most of the time, Chucky as a puppet, which is about 75% of the shots that Chucky moves in, um, it's like 11 different people controlling him simultaneously. Um, And so it's like if they wanted Chucky to just like hold up a knife and wave it, that was like something that would take 45 minutes to set up and then like another hour to shoot. Oh, where it's God. you know it's just the kind of thing where it's like and 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 apparently you know the puppeteers would like fuck stuff up according to Tom Holland and he would always be like we're behind and blah 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 he'd be you know angry with people um and i think in general um there was a huge fight going on on set between the production and Tom Holland and i'll say that they were on opposite sides of this fight from what i would have expected which was the same thing that Spielberg came to in Jaws, which was let's show less of the shark, right? Out of necessity, because it's hard to shoot the shark, but you end up with uh, a more suspenseful film. Well, Tom Holland wanted to shoot the shit out of the doll. And the the producers were like, no, less doll. Like, you know, hide the doll. Don't have the doll do that much stuff. It's scarier that way. Yeah. And that was a big fight. It's funny because I think the doll looks pretty good in this. Like they actually, mm-hmm. what ended up on screen is pretty mm-hmm. effective. Well, I'll Even tell you when this. it's like clearly a little kid in a suit or something. So what ended up on the screen is almost thirty minutes of doll footage cut from Tom Holland's original cut of the film. Oh, I would love to see that. I have that Blu-ray. <laughs> I wonder if any of that shit's on there. No, there's no. You can't find the cut anywhere. There's production stills of a lot of the scenes that got cut, so you can uh, okay. see what they looked like. But there's like five whole scenes with the doll that they cut out of this movie. Um, wow. Yeah. Which I think it's a short movie. Like even it is. Yeah. So it's like an hour, 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then also like four of those minutes are credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first cut that he turned in was over two hours long. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it drags enough as it is. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah. At a short runtime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think with what they had to work with, the because it's a lot of animatronics. And then, like I said, 75% is puppetry and animatronics. The other 25% is uh, a little person actor named Ed Gale, who also played Howard the Duck. Oh, I was going to say, his name's familiar. Yeah, yeah. So he um, uh, is the stunt. They, they credit him as the Chucky stunt double and not uh-huh. as Chucky. And apparently, according to him at least, this is partly so that the production can pay him less over the course of the movie and the next <laughs> movie. Because if you're a stunt double, you make less money than if you're a cast member, right? So, right. Um, but then additionally, he was... It's kind of a... You know, the story takes an unfortunate turn because he left the franchise after part two um, because part two, if I want... I'm, I'm going to double check here, but I think... You've got the same, yeah, he doesn't even appear in part two. He, because the writer of uh, the rewrites, John Lafia was his name, apparently like repeatedly referred to him as a midget. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, which was something that he actively, you know, tried to educate them on and be like, this is, you can't call me that. And it kept happening. And so he essentially walked. Um and then, unfortunately, the same thing happened later on uh, once again because it was in the script that time. It was not someone speaking directly to Ed Gale, but they used the word again in one of the later scripts. 
And so he refused to work on that movie as well. And that's something that Don Mancini has publicly apologized for and basically said that was that was on me. And right, you know, right. I should I shouldn't have done that. So it was one of those words that was just around. You yeah. Know what I mean, like it was people said it a lot. Yep, absolutely. Um other cast members, uh, we talked about Catherine Hicks up top. Uh, this is her only one, I think. Uh, I didn't do like a thorough, thorough check of her IMDb, but I think she's a little, let's put it this way, I think she's a little too good for this series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At least at this point in time, right? You know what? So like, I got big Barbara Crampton vibes from her. She's really good in this kind of role yeah mm-hmm. um she didn't do a lot of horror as far as i know the big thing that i knew her from was star trek 4 she's the she's the whale scientist lady oh sure yeah okay yeah which i also think i remembered her from that because i watched it like a week ago um, oh wow and then i think a lot of our uh viewers of uh maybe a, a couple years younger than us would know her as the uh, the mom and the the wife on Seventh Heaven. That was her big gig that she did. Oh, uh, okay. For, yeah, like that a was a decade. show I just yeah. did not pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Not at all. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but you used to hang out with the guy who played the dad on that show, didn't you? Who was that? <laughs> um, I forget his name, but didn't you guys used to... You were in some oh, sort no. of... <laughs> Sort of photo swapping club or something. Oh like that. no! Oh no! Oh no! I don't know what you're referencing, but I know what you're doing, and no. I will not stand. What are you talking about? I thought uh, <laughs> it was the dad, uh, Stephen Collins. That was his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, I'll continue with the guest. You can. Well, I mean, he and I and uh, Jeffrey Jones were were tight for a while, but you know, That's we right. just kind of fell out. Yeah. Something I don't know. They they became unavailable. <laughs> No, they just stopped responding to my uh, dark web DMs. Uh, but uh, yeah, elsewhere in the cast, we have returning from Fright Night, so presumably a Tom Holland favorite, uh, Chris Sarandon, um, who I, I'm always happy to see Chris Sarandon. I think he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's good. He's, he's a solid guy. Similar to, Kath, uh, to Catherine Hicks. Like, good he's good he's like very solid in this. yeah exactly i'm never like oh man fucking chris sarandon is the absolute best um but uh you know i I, i'm never upset to see him yeah and uh you know also we have chris sarandon at least you know like the story is that we have him to thank for susan sarandon uh as they were married in the in the late 60s and throughout the 70s and Apparently, her big break came from following him to an audition, you know, because um, <laughs> he was an established actor before she was. So Right, right. Yeah. What's think, it, is that a similar thing that happened with Julia Roberts and Eric Roberts? Like, wasn't Eric Roberts? I, don't, I might be just completely making that up. I buy it. I mean, it's also the kind of story that people like enjoy telling. So even when it's not true, they're just like, yeah, that's what happened. They just tell that that same yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, but I will say that. I, I said, I, I texted two of my friends. Was it, was it you? Were you part of the Susan Sarandon conversation or was I talking? No, no, I would remember that. I'm in about, I'm in two text threads where we would, where I would possibly send a message like this. And (laughs) (laughs) I like where this is going. I messaged, I messaged my buddies and I basically said, you know, your friend Stephen Collins. Yeah, that's right. 
no, no. I, I'm talking about older ladies here. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I messaged them and I was like, you know what? I we talk. Uh, I think people overlook this because she's such a talented uh, actor. But Susan Serena doesn't get enough credit for being so hot. That's what I said. Yeah. No, she's insanely hot. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's one of those, you know, it's like it's come full circle. It's like, yeah, yeah, we focused on her personality and her talent enough. Can we talk about <laughs> how attractive she is? <laughs> hey, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, this I, is my uh, hot take for the internet. Susan Sarandon hot. <laughs> oh, no, I, say, I, I, I have breaking oh, news. Oh, you have real breaking news. Because I was clicking around on the uh-huh. uh, IMDb page. Yeah. Brad Dorif, just a new prog- project just announced. Herbert West, Reanimator. Wow, interesting. It doesn't look like it's a very big budget. I don't know. Huh. I mean, it also, I'll say this though Herbert West, Reanimator, that is the title of the original H.P. Lovecraft story. So this yeah. could be just another adaptation of the Lovecraft and uh, not, uh, you know, any kind of continuation of the uh you know jeffrey combs series right yeah i don't think so it definitely seems low budget you know what i mean like i can Mm -hmm. tell just by the lack of names and also some of the names that's like oh this isn't gonna be a big thing but i just thought that was interesting that we just covered reanimator so if you haven't if you haven't listened to that you should check it out yeah yeah um and then last but not least we have our child actor alex vincent uh this was his first uh feature film role and uh, he does come back in part two, and then he leaves the series for a while. I won't spoil when, but he does return eventually. Um, like you uh, said, he's solid. You know, he's not bad. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good for a kid. Yeah. There's a crying scene that I was impressed by. I'm like, oh, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. Got him to cry. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there were stories about uh, Tom Holland asking if he could blow smoke in his face or pinch him to get him to cry. <laughs> Wow. Now that's Uh-oh. just a story, just second hand. Nobody sure. says they saw him actually do either of those things. There's sure. just the oral history does contain someone uh, 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 on the set saying, I remember him asking the social worker if he could pinch or blow smoke in the face of Alex Vincent. <laughs> oh my God, what an asshole. Yeah, so I think that's probably part <laughs> of the reason that people think of him as being a huge asshole. Um, that's funny. And then, so, uh, I saving the best for last, I think we'd all agree that when it comes to the whole Child's Play franchise, even though his screen time is very brief, uh, I mean, there is no Chucky, there is no Child's Play with the aforementioned Brad Dourif. Yeah. Um, and he was somebody who uh, I think was cast relatively late. They were looking at John Lithgow for this. Um, oh my god that'd be crazy he probably also would have been pretty good i'm sure he would but i just like imagining friendly john lithgow for some reason yeah yeah (laughs) even though he frequently (laughs) plays a maniac yeah you're right he does but yeah like john lithgow from third rock from the yeah 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 like bumbling john lithgow (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i don't know (laughs) you bitch slut (laughs) well okay easy easy now that's uh, I think it's a direct line. Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. But anyways, yeah. So uh, uh, Brad Dourif came to this movie via uh, Fatal Beauty, which was <clears throat> the previous film that Tom Holland directed. He had a smaller part in that one, but he left a big impression 
on Tom Holland because I think he played a similarly sort of unhinged character. Sure, um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's you our know, cast. He yeah. seems like a real crazy man, Brad Dorf, like true dyed in the wool crazy person. He does, but you know, I I don't know. I want to see what the story. I mean, he'll be with us for all of the movies except for if we do the remake. Yeah. Um. So we'll have more opportunities to talk about him. But I'm curious. He also strikes me as the kind of guy who people might be like, he's so nice. He's the nicest oh, guy. I, I don't think he's like an asshole, yeah. crazy person. Mm-hmm. I just mean like a a, a true kook. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sort of could, like a Chris a Crispin Glover type. Sure. Or he could be, uh, you know, just a, the nicest, normalist man. Yeah. Classical. No meth. No method. Anything. Just like, oh yeah. As soon as he's, as soon as the yeah. camera stops rolling, he's just normal old. Old Brad. Maybe he goes I mean, by he wor- Bradley. He works a ton. Yeah. He goes by Bradley. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's uh, that's most of my spiel. I filled we, we managed to fill 40 minutes. Um I think we're doing good there. <laughs> well, hey, this is a big movie. We're not gonna yeah, get a chance to reintroduce Chucky, so that's a good point. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, guys, you're gonna take a quick one and then we'll be back. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I know it! (laughs) I, I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclay. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Nobody believes you about Chucky. He came alive in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. <laughs> There's nothing innocent about child's play. I got the strangler. It's what, it's what Detective Mike Norris yells as he's chasing Brad Dorf down an alley. Uh, they're shooting at each other. Dorf catches one in the leg. He's Charles Lee Ray, the Lakeshore Strangler. Yeah. Do you get the, you know, the, what the name is? No. It's a conglomeration of Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, the Ray guy. I forget. The, the third guy who killed Who's Ray? Me. I don't remember. Luth- who killed Martin Luther King? Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. I actually yeah. don't even remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he runs into a toy store. There's a whole stack of good guys' dolls. Which, uh, as we know, 
is Chucky. Chucky's one of them. Uh, and then as we go on the dolls, this Child's Play title comes up. Pretty cool. Pretty cool uh, title card reveal. Charles Lee Ray takes a bullet in the leg. I'm going to get you. No, in the chest. I'm going to get you. And Eddie, no matter what, um, stumbles into the stack of dolls, falls over. He's dying. He's looking one right in the eyes. He pulls it out. Start yeah. saying some enchantment over it, some spell. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Now I'll say this: I like all of the, the the supernatural whatnot that happens when he actually does this. For yeah, sure. me too. It's just like they don't really capitalize on it much. And I'll yeah, say, you kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so you want like the Ghostbusters, like yeah. on, on opening the gateway or something. Yeah, but also just like I want there to—I mean, I already complained about this. I want there to be more of an undercurrent of supernatural stuff in the movie. I think mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to have this, uh, you know, enchanted doll. Uh, and the other thing too, I question whether this is a good way to open this movie from a suspense point of view. Um, no, oh, it, could, like because now we know who yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, and it, should, I think, it should just be like the dolls haunted. Right, like Mancini's original script, apparently, I don't know exactly how it worked, but it was a lot of guessing if it was Andy or the doll that was killing people. That's cool, I like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's also some stuff that was crazy in that script, so I don't blame them for doing some rewrites. But But no, that's a a great note. Just like, don't need this opening scene, just let's figure it out on our own. Uh, So he, he starts saying these words, lightning strikes, it hits the stack of dolls. Blows it up in this huge explosion. Detective Mike Norris is thrown <laughs> across the room. You assume he's dead. He's not. He's fine. Um, and then we see Norris still alive. Charles Lee Ray is dead. But not for long. He's coming back in Chucky form. What? What? Happy birthday, Banner. We see a good guy's doll cartoon. Oh, yeah, it's a cartoon on TV, which looks awesome. Yeah. And it's I also love that it's just a commercial for the toys, which was like everything we watched in the 80s on mm-hmm. Saturday morning. Yeah, so many good toy commercials. So many. Man, I was watching like the toys that made us. Have you seen that? I've never watched it. No, I, it's I'm kind aware of, of I it. mean like yeah. it's kind of fun, but the okay. He-Man only came to be because like a company had a bunch of random shit. Really? <laughs> or like yeah, like we have this Tigers we have like <laughs> so wait they wrote the cartoon for the toys yeah. yeah wow i'll say that i was listening to today uh the action boys podcast covering street fighter oh yes and so you and i were texting about this the, the movie street fighter has an insane plot that's all like dumb political intrigue and has nothing yeah. to do with street fighting yeah and it's infuriating and it turns out that the reason why is because uh, the produce the production company wanted to sell a bunch of GI Joe toys that they would rebrand as Street Fighter toys. Yeah, and I remember those toys. It's infuriating. I, I, I thought I had seen the movie. I started watching it. I got like forty minutes in. I was like, I haven't seen this. Also, I don't like it. I'm not it's gonna bad. finish it. it and I just bad. listened to the episode instead. Uh, I finished it, and it was a slog. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so we meet Andy. He's the little boy, six years old. He's in a good guy's pajama outfit. He's making breakfast, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's like fruity, bright, sugary cereal, right? Yeah, like very big pieces, too. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like old school Fruit Loops, not Fruit Loops, but what was the one with the tricks, right? 
Looks like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like tricks, and then he dumps a bunch of fucking sugar on it. Yeah, he puts it on his like sugar too. It's like slopping yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Burns his yeah. toast, uh, and then he like carries it on a tray to his mom, and it's like slopping everywhere. It's it, it like stressed me out watching it because little kids <laughs> are so fucking clumsy and, and it's you annoying. Got your, your OCD working a little bit. A little bit. It's just like experience with my son, where it's like. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hand him this glass of milk. I know he's going to fucking spill this thing. That's why my kids himself. won't, they won't be allowed to drink anything but water. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. As if, uh, Mike also is like, oh, well, I'm not going to let him watch YouTube stuff like this. Okay, you'll see. You'll see, man. I do say that, and I know that everyone's like, it's so hard. And I'm like, I'm, I am going to do everything I can to keep my kid off off of youtube yeah by the time you have a kid you're gonna be like 45 and exhausted just no fucking way <laughs> hey i'm fucking stubborn as shit okay <laughs> <laughs> okay uh yeah definitely i was i, I was i think a lot about that because i'm like yeah i mean yeah. i don't like the things he watches not that because they're like hmm. harmful but just like i don't get it but also my parents didn't get what i like was into that didn't sure. stop me yeah and i actually just kind of formed a rift between us of like, yeah, you don't like my mom has no conception. She she doesn't even have an idea of the kind of music I listen to. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like the weirder kind of stuff that I listen to. Sure. I could explain it to her. She it's not even in her world at all. Like I think she right. probably thinks I still listen to like Nirvana, which I do, but like you name know. three songs. <laughs> uh, 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 um uh it, uh uh, even flow. <laughs> I couldn't. I was trying to think of a Pearl Jam song that whole time. You did. Uh, all right. So he wakes his mom up. She's tired, exhausted. Six thirty in the morning. But he wants to open his Christmas. I mean, his birthday presents. Uh, so he's opening up the presents. On the news, there's a story playing about Charles Lee Ray being killed uh, again. That would be great if we didn't see that opening scene, and then we start mm-hmm. getting like the story behind the scenes. That'd be fun. I like yeah. this idea. Thanks. Uh, he opens up his presents. It's shaped like a good guy doll, but it's not. It's clothes. The ultimate bummer for presents. Yeah, don't. I mean, that's one thing I'll never, I'll never get my kids clothes as a present. I mean, they get them as presents, not necessarily from us. Yeah, but like he's he's gotten clothes, and you have to like. I always, I'm like, oh, I feel like this one's a book. You know what I mean? Just like fucking warn him because he's <laughs> every he wants everything to be like a crazy toy. Right. Don't get your hopes up, kid. Yeah. Um goes to the next one. It's a good guy's doctor set, but not the good guy. Mom Karen didn't have enough money to buy the doll. He's bummed mm, out. Yeah. She goes to work at a department store, uh probably on Michigan Ave in, in uh Chicago. This movie takes place in Chicago. I like that. I, like it feels I like the feel of the apartment. And it's on location. I mean, it's. Oh, and cool. I, I'll say this apartment building is awesome. We get it her. is. There's some good elevator stuff running up and down. All those yeah. exteriors. That's real shit, man. It's a cool location. Did you spend a lot of time in Chicago as a Wisconsin guy? Surpri- I mean, surprisingly, no. And but the main reason is because by the time I was old enough that I would be allowed to like go to Chicago on my own, I had left Wisconsin. Yeah, you're you know? in Boston. Yeah, so I went to, I mean, I, you know, and that being said, like, I probably went to Chicago 10 times, you know, when I was living, when I was growing up. Um, My parents both lived there, you know, for years. Oh, really? Yeah. I like It's an awesome city. It's cool. I I haven't been there in like 10 years, but I've I've been there like half a dozen times or so. It's cool. 
Yeah, if I could handle winter, I would probably would have tried living there at some point. I got I got to say I've never been flirted with more than in Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a Chicago yeah. eight man. I, I I am. I totally am. And like at the time I had like more of a beard and yeah. uh I was like we were we went out, we were on tour with the band and we were, we went out and I was like, "Wow, all these girls are like looking at me that's crazy then it looks around and like all the guys looked like me kind of you know what I mean? like 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 yeah. huskier guys with beards mm-hmm. like oh yeah, that's right mm-hmm. it's funny um so she works at a department store the kind of which is de- dying now i'm not I'm not shedding a tear for it, but hey well i don't know why it's yeah to this. i just like the department <laughs> store that she worked in. no let's i'm down to take a five minute department store diversion she's at a carson peary scott which is the same company as Boston Store. I didn't realize until I was oh. much older. Yeah. Um. She's at the jewelry counter. Her friend Maggie is telling her, like, "Hey, you know that doll you're looking for? This is peddler. They keep calling him a peddler. <laughs> he is a peddler. Yeah. There's a peddler in the alley selling the doll. So she goes out there. It's like an unhoused person sells it to him for thirty bucks. It sells for a hundred bucks. Gets it for thirty. Maggie's like, I think I dated him, <laughs> like setting her up as like she she goes on a lot of dates. Yeah, she's, uh, you know, she's loose. Uh, I like the shitty boss, Mr. Criswell, <laughs> who like. Yeah, what is this guy from? I recognized him right away. I recognize him, too. I didn't look it up. I'll look it up right now. I feel but he, like, like. Oh, wait, wait. No, hold on. He is one of the people who works in an airport in Home Alone. That's yep, that's exactly right. Scranton ticket agent. So there yep. we go. Okay. He's probably a Chicago based actor. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, he 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 guy works a lot, it looks like. Um so he's like giving her shit about like being gone. Also, he's like, Hey, someone's sick, you got a cover for her tonight. It's like, but it's my son's birthday. Well, sorry, you'll you can pick him up, but you have to be back here. So yeah. Maggie offers to babysit. <laughs> It'll be the hottest date I've had in months. <laughs> She she's, all, she's hard up, guys. She is. She's rubbing against counters. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> keeps leaving. Someone keeps leaving this like slimy film. On all all right, corners. moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> what is this? Like... This is horrible. Is this moisturizer? Oh, move, anyway. Move um, on. <laughs> uh, Andy, she gives Andy the doll. He's pumped. Yeah. Hey, show me how it works. Hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Chucky. I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Okay, and this is our first introduction, really, to the doll up close. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's important to note even when it is operating correctly, it's fucking creepy. It's creepy as fuck. It has like these articulated joints yeah. that are a little too realistic. It's weird. It's too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally creepy. Also like turns its eyes and looks at you. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh la- another firework here. Hey. It's June it's June tenth. We're heading into firework season. Happy June tenth. <laughs> Not that it ever stops around here. Uh Later, Maggie's babysitting him. There's another news story about Charles Lee Ray on. Chucky turns his head to look at it. And he's like, hey, Chucky, you're not watching me. Which I related to big time because six-year-olds want you to look at everything they do. <laughs> um, 
then it's bedtime. Chucky like whispers something to Andy, and Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news, but no, no dice for Maggie, which is a really funny request for a little kid. <laughs> I want to watch the nine o'clock news. No, not local. Can we watch <laughs> yeah, national. Can we watch PBS News Hour? <laughs> They're uh, less biased. <laughs> All these fake news. Can we watch Fox News? That's the real stuff. Um, no dice. Maggie won't let him, so it's off to bed. She like carries Chucky. His arm fully dislocates. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean that is. That's a great recurring bit throughout this whole series is just like people manhandling Chucky when he has to pretend that he is just a doll. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny. It's like evil Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Maggie's putting the dishes away later. Andy's brushing his teeth. The TV flips on. She turns around. Chucky's in the living room sitting on a chair. And then the news story is talking about Eddie. Charles Lee Ray's accomplice, how he escaped. Uh, so she drags Chucky back to Andy. Andy gets in trouble for it, but he's a confused. Like, I didn't do it. Yeah, uh, and that accomplice was the guy. We saw him very briefly in that open. The aforementioned Eddie, right? Who? Yeah. Chucky. Charles. Sorry, Charles Lee Ray. I, Chucky's just a doll. Charles Lee Ray is going to kill that dude. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Caputo. It's <laughs> a good name. Um. So what did Chucky do? Walk into the living room and turn it on all by himself. Turns the lights out and Andy whispers, I told you she'd be mad at you if you watch the news. And we zoom in on Chucky's eyes. Later on, Maggie's reading a book on the couch. Andy's door opens and out comes Chucky. We get this cool low POV shot as he's walking through pretty fast. How much do we see of him versus POV? Do we see him at all? No, I think we just see the doorknob turn and then we okay. see the POV. Yeah, because I mean, in theory, like no one's buying it, but I feel like this is the part in the sh- in the movie where they're still trying to like have you wonder a little bit. Like, yeah, is it Andy? Right, but they don't really go for that, which I no. again I think is a, is a bit of a missed opportunity. We see like Chucky scurry behind her, which like again, it's like he's wearing the same pajamas as Andy, so maybe it could mm-hmm. be him. Uh, she goes to check on the noise. It is pretty tense. Like there's a, there's a tense moment where she's walking around the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. You talked uh, about this before. It's a little creepy. She finds a chair blocking the door, then checks in the kitchen. A, a container of flour was knocked over. The phone rings. Suddenly we get a jump scare. It's Karen checking in. Huh, I just have a big alone at night, a big case of the alone at night. Willie's. <laughs> We see Chucky pick up a hammer. She turns around. He's standing right there. Quack! Hits her right in the forehead. But again, do we see him standing? No, right I guess there? I guess not. We yeah. probably don't. We just see the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. You're Sorry, right. I'm yeah. not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, it's like this ostensible mystery. Um. She stumbles backwards. Falls right out of the window. Falls like seven stories, crashes onto the hood of the car. It's a good car fall. It is a good car fall. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's effective. Um, we see Karen getting off the bus. She sees there's a crime scene in front of her apartment. Cops are all up in her house. One's reading the newspaper and has his feet up on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not the desk, the table. Yeah. 
Um, Andy's with Mike Norris, Detective Mike Norris. Detective Mike Norris. Where's Maggie? She had an accident. Uh, Detective Norris pulls her into the hall, tells her Maggie's dead. Uh, the only clues there are little f- little footprints in the flower. Um, and she's all like, "Well, what are you trying to say? Andy did this?" He's like, "Well, no, none of his shoes match." Um, and then he comes out holding Chucky, and then Detective Norris sees that Andy's wearing good guy's pajamas, and the prints on the shoes match. Like, Andy, what are you wearing there? Good mm. guy's PJ sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then he gets into bed with Chucky notices there's flour on Chucky's feet so yeah I guess this is all effective in that like we don't know it could be Andy could be Chucky this would be like our first clue yeah Um, then she comes back out mommy I know who's on the counter it was Chucky Um, she sends him back but Detective Norris he there's like a little moment of like intrigue on his face although he doesn't buy he still thinks it's it's Andy but he can, I mean, he knows something's fishy and yeah. I don't think he just, I don't, you, you never get the impression that he really thinks Andy killed her. Totally. But he's like, that's something that makes the most sense, but it doesn't yeah. all add up, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, his partner, we meet his partner, San, uh, Santos. He looks like Chris Novoselic. Yeah. From yeah, I, I'll buy, I buy that. How, what, what's one, one of their songs here? <laughs> uh, um, uh, the cover of the last dance is the <laughs> where oh where can my baby be? That's another Pearl Jam song. Yeah, is that the song? Is that called Last Dance? Last I don't Rest. know what it's called. Oh, I remember. I just remember when that was when Pearl Jam went really lame. Is how yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um. So later, Karen's washing her face, and she hears Andy talking to Chucky in the next room. Who are you talking to, Chucky? <laughs> is how he says it. She pulls a good mom strategy here. She's like, "Hey, you know what? Chucky's been talking to you too. What's he been telling you? His real name is Charles Lee Ray. He's been sent down from heaven by Daddy to play with me. <laughs> he said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch, and she got what she deserved." <laughs> <laughs> And she, of course, thinks he's making up stories. <clears throat> I would have more of her. I'm just saying, if it was my kid, I'd be like, that's fucked up stuff. Someone told my kid to say that. I don't know if it was the doll, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, my son is like, he will not swear or anything. So if he said something like that, I'd be like, whoa, what? Where'd you hear that from? Yeah. yeah. Uh, once he's gone, when she's gone, Chucky looks around and then he says, hi, I like to be hugged, which is creepy <laughs> as fuck. Why? Drops off Andy at school like the next morning. Ugh, it's a, it's a serial killer being hugged by a little boy all night. Andy sneaks out and is on the streets. He takes an L ride. Hey, that's the elevated train in Chicago. Get with it. Maybe he's on the loop. <laughs> in the loop. Um, Remember that classic sitcom? Yeah, <laughs> I do, actually. Um, he takes a, a train ride with Chucky. He's whispering directions to Andy gets off at a really bad neighborhood brings him to this shitty abandoned building is that eddie's hey chucky i have to go tinkle you stay right here so he puts chucky on this rocking chair outside goes and takes a piss chucky goes into action for himself 
We see Eddie's asleep with a gun under his pillow. Chucky opens up the stove, turns on the gas, turns up, uh, blows out the pilot light. Eddie wakes up to investigate the noise and just starts fucking shooting around. <laughs> and boom, the place blows. Great explosion. Yeah, and there's a funny shot of, uh, of the kid kind of wandering around right outside the house right before it blows up. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Eddie, like points a gun at him because he's like, "What the fuck?" Oh, he yeah, like, doesn't shoot him. Now let me ask you this: When you were six years old, let's—I'll suspend my disbelief for a second and say, sure, you would let a doll talk you into taking an L and uh-huh. going to a basically an abandoned house uh, in the winter time. But then you get there and you're bold enough to be like, "Hey, hang tight, I gotta take a leak." Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna go piss outside? (laughs) I would be so fucking scared. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up pretty sheltered in like a small town. Anytime I was in the big city, like that would be so scary to me. Yeah. Well, city kids, you know, they have a different. Yeah, city kids are different. They built different. They piss all over the place. (laughs) Uh, So then Karen's at the police station with Norris. He's like, I don't know how to tell you this, Miss Barclay, but. he brings him to brings her to the interrogation room where Annie's being interrogated by Santos, which does not seem legal whatsoever. No, not at all. Um, she's like, she wants to know the truth, or they're gonna take you away from me. And he's like, Chucky, come on, say something, come on, mommy's doing it on purpose. I've seen enough. We meet Dr. Ardmore, who's watching behind two, a two-way mirror. I think Andy should spend a couple of days with me. Yeah. Creep. I'll tell you this. This was the first time she heads home, right? And, you know, she's got Chucky with her. And when she comes into her front door, it was the first time in this movie, and really the first time I can remember, that I started to have feelings about, like, what it's going to be like when I'm a dad. Sure. And this idea of like, oh man, if somebody took my fucking kid away, I would That'd be, be like awful. Yeah. Yeah. So horrified. Just like, even though it's like, yeah, I guess he's safe. He's in a hospital, but still it's like, he's just involuntarily like taken from me. That's yeah, I know. That's hard. I definitely had that same kind of thought. It's, it's yeah. weird. Even when like, you know, I'm gone for an evening and he's with my mom or something like it's, mm-hmm. it feels strange. Yeah. Less so now that he's older, but you know, right. Still, well, the solution is never let him spend a night away from you. Well, yeah. he's gonna be spending a month away from me, him and his mom. When's that trip start? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, dude. I'm gonna party. watch so many fucking movies. I think, and yeah. like, I'm just like, because that's the biggest thing from keeping me from watching a lot of things is that like, mm-hmm. I stop work around seven. Yeah, and then. I kind of, you know, we do his thing until nine. Yeah. Where he goes to bed. And then it's like, I either record a podcast or I <laughs> play a game. We'll watch like an hour. Like right. if, if at seven, I can put a press play on a movie and eat dinner. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's going to be great. I can watch another so, one right after that. Sounds like a goddamn dream. Really is. I'm going to sleep a lot too. Uh, So Karen goes home, Andy Liss, but she's got Chucky. Say something, you little bastard. Hi, I like to be hugged. She goes to the kitchen. She sees the good guy's box. She yeah. picks it up. Little investigation. Little investigation. A pair of batteries fall out. The batteries aren't in them. 
So she goes and checks, opens his battery slot. It's empty. His head spins around. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? She drops him. He rolls under the couch. And uh, <laughs> she pulls him out. She's like, talk to me, damn it. All right, I'm going to make you talk. And he uh, brings him over to the fireplace. And Chucky goes fucking nuts. <laughs> like, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. <laughs> he has some toxic masculinity issues. He really does. Some real rage issues, too. Yeah. Uh, he wrestles with her. He bites her arm. And then finally, he runs out the door, goes it's down the elevator. a real serious bite. Real serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, looks, it looked bad. So then she goes to Norris and explains the situation to him. She's like, I, I sympathize with you, but lying is not going to help your son. She shows him the bike, the bite mark. And then he's like, I don't know. She's like, fine. I'm going to go find Chucky myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go check with that peddler. I got now, him from. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you this. This scene in particular was the one that really caught my eye, but it's, they're talking and it's, it's outside. It's on location. You could tell it's cold. Like there is, they're oh, all both bundled breath. up and there's their breath is just all steaming. So it turns out that it was fucking freezing. Like really? for a good portion of this shoot, all the outdoor stuff, it was below zero. And oh no. Yeah, so they had to according to the uh oral history, they had to rent apartments nearby where they were shooting so people could go inside and they had to and they they had rented cars like station wagons that we keep running like just out of frame so as soon as they were done recording the actors would run and jump back into a car with the heat on wow yeah that is brutal those Mm -hmm. chicago is fucking cool i had to work there outside in the winter a couple times and it was brutal um so he's like no don't go there it's a bad part of town this time of night Um, so she, then she's asking around in like the little skid row area and then she spots him. It's, this is a weird sequence. It's a weird sequence. It's like a musical montage with no music. There's like a bunch of her, like talking to homeless folks or I should say unhoused. Right. Um, and, but there's like no sound. (laughs) There's just the score. They're shaking their head. No, no, no. Yeah. It's very, it's a weird vibe for this whole scene. She spots him. Hey, you remember me? I bought that doll from you yesterday. It's only been a day. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit's happened. It's a wild day. Uh, she's like, he's like, well, it's going to cost you to, he wants, she wants to know where she got, he got it from. Mm. It's going to cost you. He's like, well, this is all I got. He's like, that's not all you got. Yeah. You got to push her down, fucking rape her in front of everybody. Norris comes to the rescue, scares everybody off. And then he like scares the guy. He's like, I found it in a burned out toy store on Wabash, which is the toy store, of course, that mm-hmm. took place at the beginning of the movie. And you know who Norris, knows that? Detective Mike Norris. Yeah, he knows it. He was there. He's, he looks spooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so he explains, like, Charles Lee Ray, the Lakeshore Strangler, died there. It was struck by lightning. I know, because I was there. Um. She's like, well, where did Lee, where did Lee, where did Ray live? And he's like, I, he totally tells her, but I already looked. So then he, uh, he goes to the police station, gets Ray's file, gets in his car, pushes in the lighter to light his cigarette. And Chucky rises from the back. 
starts strangling him with an electric cord. Good night, asshole. <laughs> he starts driving all over the place. If this were to happen, I don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. backseat, literal backseat driver. Yeah. If this were me, I would probably pump the brakes pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, he, he immediately goes to the gas. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> this whole sequence is crazy, for sure. It I don't is. know. How how detailed are you going to get with your description of this car car scene? Uh, not super detailed, just that he grabs a lighter, sticks it on Chucky's cheek. Chucky starts stabbing through the seat. The stabbing? This gave me a real visceral reaction. Me too. That that was like one of the things, like, oh, God, this actually is kind of scary. Yeah, because I don't know his legs. Too. I don't know why, but it reminds me of this kind of like dream sort of, uh, you know, like you're you're avoiding a thing that you can't really avoid. You could just sort of hope that you yeah. don't get stabbed. Right. Right. And, and and the whole scene in general. Also, I do have uh, occasional recurring nightmares about, uh, you know, being in a car and not being able to control it. So, oh, I've had that, too. Yeah. I, it's funny. I worked with somebody who. Got into a knife fight. Oh, Jesus And it wasn't Christ. the first time he got into a knife. This is in high school. Holy shit. It wasn't the first time he got into a knife fight. And he was like, hey, you know, the thing about being in a knife fight is you have to accept that you're going to get slashed. Like, okay. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah you're going to get slashed. Yeah, I guess you just hope you don't get stabbed in a vital organ, right? Yeah, exactly. Cut, slice open an artery. That's horrible. Oh, man. Knives no, are creepy. Yeah, nobody's uh, ever stabbed or slashed me. I've done it to myself you've done it to people no to myself oh to yourself yeah i was a cook for you know oh okay i thought you're like talking about cutting situation (laughs) which is not funny but (laughs) that's i thought you meant i don't know mike's had some dark times no no i've dated a few cutters yeah my friend's sister was it was yeah. Very sad. Never for me. Although I will say I tried to brand myself with a Celtic cross when I was 16. Um, I did the it went, thing. It went poorly. You, you heat up a, a bic, like a lighter, mm-hmm. and then stick it on your skin so it makes a scar in the shape of a smiley face. Yeah, that's what I did, but with this cross. But then, man, I fucked it up so bad because I, like, didn't heat it long enough the first time. Yeah. So I like put it down and then I took it away and it was like, it hurt like shit, but it was like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. So then I heated up longer and did it again. And I, but I missed the first spot by a little bit. So there's like a shadow. And then additionally, the second time I did it, I made it way too hot. So instead of a brand, it was like a third degree burn that destroyed all the skin there. And so there's this, this big blotchy scar on my arm. Yeah. Oh my I'll sh- God. I'll show it to you sometime. Yeah. Show it to me. Uh, I was also thinking because the new Jackass movie is coming out pretty soon, and there's a, a, a an article about Johnny Knoxville which I really liked. I think it was in GQ. I can't remember. I read exactly. that too. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Jackass really changed my relationship with pain, in like, because <laughs> but previous to that, I was always so afraid. Yeah. And then watching Jackass when I was in high school, I was like, oh, it's not that it's not that scary to get hurt. And then like yeah. you know, you cut to all of our friends like fucking ramming each other with. Uh, shopping carts and stuff. Like sure. Was, yeah. What changed my relationship with pain was my friends hitting me with sticks and rocks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we got into a phase where we were just punching each other all the yeah. time. There's a lot of st- stick fighting. That was like a thing where we would yeah. like go get stoned and then go have a stick fight. And I remember I never wanted to do it. And then I just did it anyways. It's scary as shit. Yeah, we, there was yeah. a time where... 
nothing ended up happening, but we were like, let's get two teams of people. We each have sticks. We're in the woods. And then we're just going to find each other and hunt each other down and fight each other with sticks. And I was fucking terrified. I I like fell into a a mud. I fell into mud on my new silver tab jeans. Oh, no. My mom was so pissed. We know know how you feel about denim. I know. Okay. So uh, he ends up flipping the car pipe ramp style. We know from uh, Phantasm. Mm -hmm. And then Chucky's running around outside the car. Norris is trying to shoot him. Comes at him with a knife. Norris shoots him in the chest. Chucky runs off. Uh, and he Karen, screams at Norris at one point. Like, you can't hurt me. You can't do anything to me. So it's like, you can yeah. tell there's a little bit of shock when he gets shot in the chest and he runs off. And it hurts. Um, Karen checks out Charles Lee Ray's place. It's full of, like, voodoo. There's, like, a voodoo... Uh, uh, I keep on saying montage, but what's it called? A uh, Mural. Mural. Yeah, yeah. Of like himself doing these like rituals. It's pretty silly. <laughs> Norris comes up behind her, scares the shit out of her. Um, hey, after I talked to you last night, I pulled Ray's file. His nickname was Chucky. He spends a lot of time with this man. We may have to find him before Chucky does. That man in the photo is John, aka Dr. Death. Not to be confused with Dr. John. Not Dr. John. <laughs> um, so then Chucky surprises Dr. Death at his apartment. What do you think? The gree-gree work? There's <laughs> only one problem. I didn't think anybody could hurt me. It hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, he's like, well, Chucky, Charles, you're turning human. The more time you spend in that body, the more human you become. Chucky's like, but I don't want to be in this body. So he gives him the solution. Chucky has to vo- um oh, oh, he doesn't give him the solution yet. He's like, well, you're gonna tell me how to do it. He pulls out a voodoo doll of John, aka Dr. Death, snaps his leg on the doll. Guy's actual leg snaps. It's pretty brutal. It's brutal. Uh and he's like, Oh, you have to transfer the soul out of the doll into the first person you revealed yourself to. That's Andy. I'm going to be six years old again. I have a date with a six-year-old boy. <laughs> and you have a date with death. What's Sta- that? Stephen Collins? <laughs> no, it was girls. It was girls and they were preteens. So it's different. Yeah. Uh, he stabs the doll with a knife, which kills. Well, he doesn't kill him yet, but it stabs. Dr. Death, um, Norris and Karen bust in, find him dying. It's too late. Must save the boy. He explains what Chucky's plan is. His heart's almost human, so you have to destroy his heart. Um, Yeah. And this is more, and again, this is the kind of stuff that feels like a little bit half-baked, you know? Yes, totally. It's like they're just kind of like throwing some rules out there so we can have some resolution. Exactly. And apparently the hairline on the doll keeps receding over the course of the movie. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Because he's turning more human, so his hair is like resem- starting to resemble Brad Dourif's. Oh, that's funny. I did not notice I don't that think anybody noticed it. It's like some insane thing that they tried to do. <laughs> um so Andy's in the hospital with Dr. Ardmore and he sees Chucky like coming in the building through the window. Help me, Dr. Ardmore, he's coming to kill me. 
And he starts crying. Good. This is where I thought he's like, oh, he does a good job. He's like mm-hmm. crying. He's like, he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Chucky steals a key to Andy's room. He's going to stab him. Creeps in there. Pulls off the covers on the bed. And it's not Andy. It's a pillow. Andy sneaks out. Runs out of the door. Dr. Ardmore sees this. So he starts chasing Andy. Then Andy like hides in like a sur- like a surgical theater yeah there's a lot of uh well he ends up where they do the electroshock therapy yeah there's like a scalpel too so it's like i guess they do surgery and other things in there it's a room where they do terrifying things yeah chucky jumps out of him and he grabs a scalpel ardmore grabs him and he drops the scalpel chucky grabs it stabs ardmore in the back gets an electroshock therapy headset on him and just electrocutes him to death Norris and Karen um, are told, they're like, they're told later that Andy escaped and they're like, well, where would he go? Well, he'd go home. If if there's ever any trouble, I said to go home. He is home. And uh, Chucky's also on his way. (laughs) Seems really unnecessary. We need to have that discussion. Yeah, exactly. He's a fucking six year old kid. Where the fuck do you think he went? Yeah, he went to all of his favorite places that he's... (laughs) There's a coffee shop that he loves, loves over yeah. on the east side. That's where it's where I think uh, he So went. he would definitely go. He loves this movie theater. They they serve food there too. So Yeah. They do a lot of revival showings. He's a big fan of uh, <laughs> John Ford. <laughs> um so uh Andy's at his apartment, he locks himself in the closet. Chucky comes down the chimney. He's holding this crazy looking knife. It's a really weird looking knife. It's like squiggly, right? It's one of those things. Yeah, it's like painted red and it's squiggly. Yeah. Um, surprise. Chucky chases him around. Get, at some point he gets a, a, a baseball bat, batter up, hits him on the head, <laughs> knocks him out. <laughs> That's funny. It is I funny get a kick to out of that see moment. a six-year-old get whacked with a bat. <laughs> Oh man! Mom and Norris arrive. Uh, Chucky rolls Andy over and starts saying a spell over him. The storm clouds roll in. Lightning strikes. They bust in. Karen pulls Chucky off. Chucky goes fucking nuts on her. He always like just like flails. He's like, "Ah, you fucking up!" And slices Norris in the leg with a knife. Uh, Norris gives her a gun, and he's she's looking around the apartment. Oh, no, he's looking around the apartment. Chucky pops out, beats him with a baseball bat. He's about to deliver like a killing blow, and boom. Karen shoots Chucky in the leg. Then the gun jams, and he rages out. Man, guns are always jamming in the movies. Always jamming at the most inopportune times. She traps him in the fireplace. He's going fucking bananas again, screaming at her, calling her all these names. She, Andy lights a match. Andy, no. We're friends to the end, remember? This is the end, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Strikes a match, lights him up. Yeah. Goes up in flames. Chucky collapses on the floor, all burned to fuck. I like the look of Burn Chucky. He looks cool. Burn Chucky's really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I th- We're about to launch into the Friday the 13th part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. 
And it's like, I was watching the movie and I was thinking to myself, like, I was like, I'm glad they just killed him. And this is over now. Right here. Yeah, I didn't remember all this other stuff either. Uh, So I'll get through it fast. Uh, Andy, Andy goes to get a first aid kit for Norris. uh, But then he looks and Chucky's gone. He's not on the floor burned anymore. Uh, Chucky trips him. He's all burned and fucked up looking, holding a knife. Hello, Andy. Andy and uh, they barricade, they end up barricading themselves in the bedroom. Chucky's stabbing through the door. Give me the boy and I'll let you go. Yeah, that's going to (laughs) work. Yeah. The mom starts shooting around, blows Chucky's head off. He still keeps coming, blows an arm and a leg off. Um, And then she stands over him, shoots him in the chest. Also, probably shooting the people below her in the apartment. She shoots a few times. There's a lot of stray bullets in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like definitely like a 65-year-old man caught a stray in the chest, <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what the hell's going on here? It's Santos, Norris's partner. Everybody was waiting. When's Santos going to show yes, up for this oh, finale? Everyone's <laughs> favorite, Santos. Uh, he doesn't buy the story that it was the doll. And he's like, hey, go look. Go look at the doll. Don't touch him. You got You can't touch him. <laughs> okay, Mike. There's no way this thing's alive. He brings back the head. Suddenly, Chucky reaches through the vent right above him, grabs him by the throat, is strangling him. And like Chucky's like yelling to his own body, like, kill him. Strangle him. Get him. Um, The head? Oh, his head. Okay, yeah. Then uh, Norris pulls out a gun. Boom, shoots Chucky right through the heart. Blood, <laughs> squib shot, blood flies on the wall behind him. Then he falls over in the, the head. The voice starts out as Brad Dorfs, but then fades into the, uh, you know, the, the Chucky voice. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? And then sirens, cops are arriving. Andy's taken out of the room. He's staring at the doll. We freeze frame on his face as they shut the door. And that's it. That's the end. I did it. I did a recap quickly. It was good. Suck it. It's under an hour. (laughs) I said before we started recording that this is going to be quick. And it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Uh, So deaths in the movie. We have Charles Lee Ray, Maggie, Eddie, John, a.k.a. Dr. Death. Ardmore, and I guess you can count Chucky in there as well. Not a huge body count. What would you say was your favorite death in the movie? Uh, I mean, it's not a particularly gory movie. Nope. Uh, and as you just pointed out, there's not a lot of deaths. Um, uh, I think just for the sheer um, stunt... Uh, and, uh, and it's exciting. I'm going to go with, uh, Maggie. I think that that big fall is, is a good one. The car falls great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a movie that's lacking a lot of the kinds of kills that I enjoy. So in the absence of good, gory kills, I go for impressive stunt work. And it's, it is a surprise because yeah. you don't really expect her to get killed so soon in the movie. No. And if you do expect her to die, you know, she gets hit with a hammer, and you're like, oh, he's going to beat her to death with a hammer? And it's like, no, it's one hit with a hammer, and then she's going to go fall out flying of out of a 20-story window. Yeah. Uh, good pick. I think for myself, since it is kind of the most 
horror movie-esque death in the movie, and it's a cool idea, is the voodoo doll death uh, from yeah. Dr. Death. I really, I, I like that. I think it's fun. It's pretty good. Kind of, kind of a, out of nowhere, though. Like, sort of a weird death to have in this movie, which otherwise is very grounded, other than the talking doll. But You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Um, this movie is made in 1988, so certainly there are things here that haven't aged as well as they could have over the uh, years. Um, I think for myself, I mean, I don't I don't know that there was anything specific. Um, you know, I could like be like, well, he says bitch a lot, but it's like, yeah. that's kind of like such a horror trope. Yeah. I think it's for, like hard to call out. Do you have one in mind? Were you rounding about to something? Uh, no, I think I, I think I may have had something that I forgot, but maybe you will trigger my memory. I think for me, the one thing that definitely like kind of felt tone deaf on this watch was just the sort of general portrayal of the unhoused folks. It's like, yeah, in particular, yeah, the, that too. the peddler is just like, you know, up to a certain point, it's like, yeah, okay, they were, you know, they were, you know out on the streets they're huddled around a fire they're you know it's it's pretty standard stuff but then but you know, i'm gonna rape you yeah exactly <laughs> just like it's like wait okay not everybody who doesn't live uh doesn't have a place yeah. to live is a rapist yeah exactly yeah that's a good that's a good call like that's the best answer uh we here at killstreak like to rate how scary these movies are on a scale of one to ten we used to do the john carpenter scale briefly the west craven scale <laughs> Now we've abandoned both, and now it's just a straightforward one to ten. Oh, we're gonna need a new one though. I mean, it's a new year. We can't just do one to ten forever. You don't think so? I mean, no. I guess nobody's keeping track of like. There's no Wikipedia entry on what we've given each scale because that would make it yeah. really difficult to convert. It would. But uh, I think for now we'll stay on a one to ten scale. Uh, for me, actually, I was surprised um, as somebody who is like, I don't get scared by horror movies. <laughs> um, I was like, this movie's pretty fucking creepy, actually. It's a creepy idea. Some of the scenes are tense. That knife scene is really spooky and like and cringy in a, in like a, you know, not in an embarrassing way, but it was like, right. maybe like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, I'm going to go on a little bit on the higher scale for me and give this movie a seven. Okay. Um,. <laughs> Do I agree? Is it a seven? Uh, mm, mm, mm. Uh, I, I kind of want to say six. Okay. Uh, and I'm happy to go six and a half uh, to split it. But I think for me, it's just like, yes, it manages. It's kind of like everything else I feel about this movie. It manages to achieve some good scares. I don't think there are a lot of them. And I don't think it's... Like yeah. the whole movie doesn't, you know, really scary movies manage to maintain a tone of fright or dread throughout. And this one is kind of like, yeah, there's a couple of scenes that are like creepy for sure. Yeah. But then it's like a lot of a movie that, that to me feels sporadically boring as much as this one does. Can't yeah. really be that scary. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's like about averages at a 6.5. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, no, that was a weird right? that really came out that came out very strange. That's not bad, bad. you make it. Uh okay, finally we like to rate these movies on a scale of who cares? It's Mary Fuck Kill. I kept yeah, I was like, repeating kill, the same so. verbiage as I did last time. 
Uh, Mary fuck kill for this movie. I'll go first, I suppose. No, I, I went first for the scary scale. You go first. Okay. This one, you dumb, you little bitch. <laughs> Can hear my son talking in the next room. God damn it. It's eleven fifteen. <laughs> oh, that's fun stuff. Uh, tell him I said what's up. Uh, anyways, for me, uh, probably not a big surprise. Those of you who listen to the podcast regularly, I bet. I wonder how good they are at guessing. It's, I mean, I feel like there's only three options. They gotta know most of the time. By the time, yeah, I think most of the time here. we give it away. At the right, blood and guts check. Yeah, for me, uh, it's a fuck. I think that it is uh, definitely a movie that I'm like, yeah, you gotta watch this if you're a real horror person. You gotta see the origin of the Chucky story. And like I said, it's sporadically scary. It's sporadically entertaining. Sometimes I think it's kind of slow. Uh, there are things that I would change about it if I could. Do I think that it is, you know, and I'll say this too. I I haven't really leveled this criticism and it's, you know, again, it's so goddamn hard to make a movie. Uh, And this is a very competently made movie, but a lot of the movies that we love and most of the movies that I want to marry on this podcast, they have a lot of style or just like something really distinctive about them. And this one feels kind of generic. And I think that's probably my biggest criticism of it is it just doesn't really the only way it really stands out is the image they created with this doll. And it's not really any it's not really much of what happens so much as it's just like, yeah, that is a thing people can get scared of and also be entertained by. And you can definitely understand how it became the cornerstone of the the, recurring franchise. But as a as a standalone movie. It's a fuck. It's fun. It's fine. It's not amazing. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Same rating for me. It's a fuck. Um, I do reserve the right to maybe change depending on how the rest of the series shakes out. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I'm probably a closer to a Mary than you are. But I think you bring up the point of the style of this movie and the kind of lack thereof does really... It keeps me from it's not it's not an intoxicating movie. You know what I mean? There's yeah, something yeah. about let's say from beyond, which was sure. the commentary episode that's like, oh, this movie's fucking cool. It looks great. Mm-hmm. There's a coolness. There's not a it's like it's a workman it's a workman movie. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it gets the job done. It's it's competent, um, a little slow sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we did it. We made a killer doll movie <laughs> that's not completely stupid. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. We recapped a a killer doll movie, and it wasn't completely stupid. And we have one final surprise for you guys. So stay tuned. Okay, we're back. We have a brand new segment for you guys. Uh, It's inspired by the brilliance of Child's Play. Mike, why don't you let our beautiful viewers, viewers, (laughs) they can't see us. I hope not. (laughs) Been naked this entire time. Yeah. Let our listeners know what we're about to do. Sure. Um, okay. Well, we talked a little bit up at the top of the show about how uh, you compared this to a Stephen King type premise, right? It's it's very clean. It's very simple. It's uh, it, and it's it wasn't invented by Don Mancini. Me, you know, maybe brought uh, into more present day in the eighties. But the killer doll had been around and, you know, there was a Twilight Zone episode. I think there was a book about killer dolls that he drew some inspiration from. But it's a great yeah. elevator pitch 
for a movie, right? Just sure. like kids doll comes to life, murders people. How how can you not sell it, right? So, uh, in uh, I just came up with a name for the segment. <laughs> oh, great! It's probably gonna be it's dumb, but it's a name. Um, so what we thought we would do is Eric and I play a little game. We'll do a little. We're gonna do a little bit of improvising. We're gonna do some ad libbing, some mad libbing. <laughs> um, and I went and I dug up. This is a. 1987 Toys R Us Christmas Flyer. It yep. is from December 1987. The world's biggest toy store, Hot Toys in Stock. And they are open till midnight in December, folks. And wow. what, what we're going to do is Eric and I are going to give each other items from this Toys R Us Flyer from the era of Child's Play and... We are each going to have to produce our own on-the-spot elevator pitches for how we would turn said toy into a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's how this toy became evil and how it would kill. Yeah, that's right. And this is all in a brand new segment that I am tentatively calling Elevator Pitch. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right. Good job. Um, so who should go first? Why don't you go first? Why don't you give me one? And we'll see my brilliance on display. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, I feel like I should start you off with a little bit of a softball just so we can get things rolling here. Okay. Um, so let's see. I see here uh, on page six of our flyer, um, right down in the bottom right, it is called the Today's Kids Kids Kitchen. Uh, this, uh-huh. this retails for $34.99. Uh, it is contemporary styling with the look of real life, plenty of storage, ages one and a half to six. And what we have is we've got a little, it's like a little oven, a little sink, range top. There's a fake microwave. And there's even, it looks like there's a little window box. Yeah. But it's just a it's just a like a picture of a window box with like plants in it and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a tiny little kid's kitchen. So lay it on us, Eric. All right. So for kids kitchen, I'm envisioning this takes place. This took place in a, uh, a preschool that burned down in this kid's kitchen was there. It was the only thing that survived and it okay. survived by uh uh, somebody actually, one of the kids went inside the oven and roasted. <laughs> so that's Died how inside. the but that's how the oven survived is by the kid roasting. <laughs> uh, somehow the oven survived. Okay, got it. Got <laughs> but it. But the kid did die inside of it. <laughs> okay, and uh, it's now possessed by this kid's vengeful spirit. It was a really shitty kid. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, so, then later at a yard to, sale, to animals and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, later at a yard sale, it gets picked up and brought to another kid's house, uh-huh. and I think this thing kills by actually turning into a real deal oven. It gets hot. <laughs> it can shoot gas into the room. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like leaks gas into the room. So does it try and to it, tempt children into the oven? Yes, or? Okay. yes. Like like Hansel and Gretel style. Come in here. I got something to play with in here. And then a, the door slams shut on the oven, and the kid roasts. All right, 
that's, there you go. <laughs> that's horrifying. Okay, so that's the haunted kids' kitchen. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, okay, so I had one picked out before. Um, okay. It's on page three. All right. It's kind of a maybe it's a little similar vibe. It's the play school Lil Entertainer. <laughs> As you see, there's a little girl sitting down at a keyboard on a yellow stool. <laughs> the 25 keys creates three different instrument sounds, ages three and up, six C batteries, not included. So, sells for $77.77. What wow. a weird price. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah, absolutely. I see exactly how this is going to break out. So this is going to be a little bit more of a prestige horror picture. Okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is like, so it's really like a sort of psychological angle to it. So this little girl, she's actually pictured here in her, her jeans and her white shorts, or little white shoes. And her <laughs> little white shorts. What is she, a Jehovah's Witness? She had a ponytail down past her ass. But anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Hair that screams yeah. horse girl. So her mom, right, is a failed uh, classical musician, right? She was trying to sure. become a world-class pianist. And she could just never quite crack it, right? So kind of in that classic like sports dad kind of way, she's pushing her little girl into uh, sure. becoming, you know, a virtuoso child prodigy pianist. But it's there's so much pressure and and her mother is such a, uh, you know, like a taskmaster that this this girl's inner life is just destroyed. Right. Sort and, of like a Carrie's mom situation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a Carrie's mom situation. Right. Um and, you know, her her grief and her anger become so great that even though she's only like six years old, one day she just can't take it anymore. And she goes up to the top of the house and she jumps off the roof and she kills herself. Oh, my herself, goodness. Right? Oh, God. But then, you know, at that moment, her her angry, vengeful spirit is transferred <laughs> into the Lil Entertainer piano. <laughs> Right. And uh, obviously her mother, you know, heartbroken, sells it at a garage sale to uh, an unsuspecting young couple that's moving in down the street and they give it to their child. And, uh, you know, as as people play with the little entertainer, that vengeful spirit, uh, it it takes over and it's so obsessed with with playing better and faster and faster that they they kind of go into this fugue state and they're almost hypnotized oh, and they're playing so fast and they're doing like crazy Bach concertos and stuff, but they can't stop and the fingers start bleeding and the bones wow. are coming through their fingers. And then eventually they just kind of collapse and die from exhaustion because they can't stop playing piano on the Lil Entertainer. Horrifying. Wow. I like it. Thanks. Uh, should we do two more each or one more each? Probably one more each. These are yeah, pretty so long. These, these are long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I the same thought. <laughs> um, I love it, though. I love it. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. We got to stop giving this shit away for free, though. I don't know. I know, man. Yeah. Hire us, guys. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's scan around here. What do we got? We got some He-Man action figures. We talked about that earlier. These guys riding that dinosaur. Call me when it's that Skeletor spider walker thing. That thing was dope. Oh, as hell. yeah. Um, I love okay. the Castle Grayskull set, too. Go ahead. Yeah. Or the, uh, oh, what's Skeletor's Lair, or whatever that was called? Skeletor's Lair, I forget, but Castle Grayskull, that's He Man's Lair, right? Mm -hmm. Which is funny because it sounds like it would be an evil lair because there's a skull, yeah. but, you know, what are you gonna... but same page, page 12. Come on over with me. All right. Let me oh. open it up. There we go. 
I'm going to throw you a fucking fastball, my man. This is right For down sure. the middle. Okay? Let me know when you get there. I got that. I'm here. All right. So what I have selected for you, left column, second one down. I see it. We've got three WWF stretch wrestlers. Now, I definitely recognize Hulk, and yeah. I see Rowdy Rowdy Piper on the right. Who's that in the middle? He's just got white shorts and red boots um, on. It's a little hard to see. I actually cannot tell. It looks like Eddie Guerrero, but it's a wrong time period. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Okay. I can't tell who it is, but uh, I think we also have a Mr. Fuji there. Yeah. We got two um, managers. Yep. The mischievous masterminds of the WWF. Those are $6.97 each, but the big guys, they're $12.99 each because these are like Stretch Armstrong style dolls. And I can just see oh, man. you can stretch them out. So here's my pitch. This is what I'm saying. I want to hear your pitch. I want all five of these guys. All right. All five of these guys are involved. Yeah, and it's not just what I mean. Yeah, I just I don't want one WWF stretch wrestler. Evil. Right. I want this. I want like puppet master style. Like yeah. A little pack. Yeah. Of evil wrestler dolls. Okay, so my pitch for this, I'm gonna borrow a little bit um, from this movie, but there's a big uh, wrestling contingent in Puerto Rico. Okay. Which. Is Puerto Rico, is that a, a voodoo-y place? That's a very <laughs> offensive question for me to ask. No, but, I don't think so. Uh, okay. I'm well, sure they have their own type of mysticism, but yeah, I think voodoo is, uh, yeah, that's that's a, Haiti, if I'm not Haiti. mistaken. Oh, Haiti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, let's say some Haitians were also there. <laughs> uh, they're on a they're on tour. These uh, wrestlers and their managers, um, they're flying back. They're... They've just been presented with the brand new merch that they're going to be selling okay. uh, back in the States. The plane gets struck by lightning. Oh. Lightning goes through the plane, through the wrestlers, into the dolls. The, the plane crashes. Okay. Leonard Skinner doll, style. Leonard Skinner <laughs> style. Everybody on board is assumed to have been killed. Okay. The, uh, but the dolls... The cargo gets you know flies to the air, ends sure. up in a in a, a a backyard of a kid <laughs> who finds the toys, and now <laughs> oh boy, uh-huh. he's got to watch out because those toys they're evil. <laughs> <laughs> so are they possessed by they're the possessed. real wrestlers? Yeah, I don't know why they're evil exactly because the wrestlers are probably decent people. Oh, maybe maybe not. they were Come running. <laughs> yeah, though yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, amendment. They were running drugs <laughs> also okay. in addition to being professional wrestlers. <laughs> so they're drug dealers too. Yeah. They're bad guys. Okay. Great. Uh, and of course they use their stretch powers to strangle people. And sure. Uh, yeah. The last strangle. Yeah. <laughs> imagine. The managers are always talking. They're always, they're the wisecrackers. <laughs> they're egging um, on. Hey, yeah. Strangle that guy. <laughs> they fight amongst each other. Maybe the Hulk Hogan one is like okay. the, uh, the one is like, no, I can't do it, brother. Well, that's <laughs> the, maybe that's their Achilles heel. Is that how the kid uh, gets away from them as they get absorbed yeah. in fighting? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how they get away in the third act. Okay. And then they're all somehow destroyed. Great. It's a great movie. All right. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> okay. So my final one for you. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. It is on page seven. Okay. It's Playmates. Talking Jill doll with cassette ages three and up uh, sells for $149.99. Holy shit. 
Yeah, it's an expensive doll. Okay. Also, looks like Jigsaw because of the quality on the page is pretty yeah. bad. I mean, it's a talking doll, so you're basically just giving me female. Jeffy. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pick something. Let me just uh, pick something else here. Sorry, we I should, apologize. No, I. It, but it is creepy, and it does look like Jigsaw. It's a creepy fucking doll, and the proportions are a little wrong. Like the dolls are too tall looking. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, I'll give you a hard one. I'm sorry. No. Electric okay. Super Vets HO Road Race set on page 14 sells uh-huh. for 22.99. Looks like it's a slot car race track. The it's hoe be hard. Ro- the hoe road race. The hoe road race. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. The Super Vets hoe road race. Yeah, this is a tough one. Wow. This is a tough one. Because okay. if it's not just a doll, then it's hard to like. Sure. Well, but no, I, I appreciate the challenge. Um, okay. Okay. Hmm. 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 Well, you know what? While I'm cooking this up, why don't you? Uh, why don't you give everybody at home our uh, our info? That's a great call. So, if you want to uh, write in, you can do so. You can do that at killstreakpod at gmail You can find us on Twitter at killstreakpod. Also, Instagram. Same thing all around. Same name at killstreakpod. Please do check out our commentary episode. It was very, very funny, if I may say so myself. It we had a blast, blast recording. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're back. We're back with the Tyco Super Vets. Here's the deal. Jingle all the way style. We have a harried sure. dad, right? Love it. Love it. It's it's two days before Christmas, and he's got to get his kid some kind of... He wants race cars, right? And and you know his kid wants the Tyco Electric Championship Road Race. He set won't shut Night up Blow. about these electric race car sets. Yeah, yeah. Right next to it, we got this hundred dollar set. But you know, the only one left is the Electric Super Vets, right? And so he has to fight a couple other dads off, but he gets it, and he's on his way home, right? But then um, he he's driving home, and he's driving fast, and then all of a sudden. Uh, he, he's driving fast. He 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 loses control of his family station wagon and he crashes into a prison bus that's transporting. Oh, no. <laughs> it's transporting thirty mass murdering, serial killing rapist. It's basically Con Air, but a bus. Sure, yeah. Or it's the like worst of the worst. It's honestly, it's like the bus in Con Air when they're on the bus before they get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he crashes in into this uh, this bus, and there's a there's a huge explosion, and all of the the evil guys die. But you know what happened? All of their souls went into of the cars. Course. In the in the electric super vets road race set, and it is weirdly completely undamaged, right? So then there's you know there's lots of tears, sobbing. There's a funeral, but Why you know, so- oh, because the, dad the dad's died. dead too. I forgot, I forgot, and then, I then about the dad. <laughs> so then they go to the there's a funeral, and they're burying the dad. And then one of the cops comes over, and he's like, "Son, your dad was." You just bought this for you. I think he'd want you to have it. And he gives him <laughs> the road race set. Sure. Uh, and then he takes it home. And uh, and then the cars, they just go too fast. And they fly off the track. <laughs> they, they don't even like they, two people. They anything. hit you in the head and they kill you. Oh, no. It embeds into your skull. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. I love it. It's a lot of cars wow. into eye sockets. 
Guys, I don't understand why they say writing is hard because we just <laughs> came up with four bulletproof premises for new horror movies. So Absolutely. We'll see you at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's, this was a blast. Uh, I'd be happy to do something like this again soon. Uh, I do think we could maybe quit our jobs and just as long as we're doing it under the auspices of recording a podcast, we can we can pump out some real ideas here. I think so. Let's do yeah. it, man. You're going to be back in L.A. Let's make this happen. All right. It's a deal. In the meantime, next week, we will be covering Child's Play 2 from 1990. Uh, returning Brad Dourif and Alex Vincent. No more Catherine Hicks. We'll see how it is. I can't remember what the difference is. I'm sure it's very different and my memory is just bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I watched it silently recently, so Weird. it'll be interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. just on at a, at, a, at someone's house in the background, but I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, uh, let me see where it's playing. Um, children play is what I. <laughs> <laughs> While he looks that up, I'll also remind everybody that next week is the week that we will be covering the murder clinic. Um, yes, in, in our end segment. So look for that after Child's Play Two next week, our little creature features game. So we're just going to give a quick mini breakdown and and a rating. We're not going to recap the movie or anything. No, like no, that. no. We'll just have a little conversation about what was Murder Clinic like. How did we like it? And then who knows? Maybe we'll even pick a new movie and you know set. I feel like this is a good amount of time. We could maybe give ourselves like 3 weeks to a month to do each one and we can just always, That sounds good. We could always have one, you know, uh going. I don't know. I don't know what That you sounds think. good. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Uh it's on Netflix. All right. Child's Play 2. Check it out on Netflix. And as always, hi, I'm Chucky and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho. <laughs> <laughs>